behind the shades. Being a nurse throughout the last 18 months, two years with, you know, the, the crazy pandemic and everything that's gone on in the world has been a blessing and a curse kind of in the same way in the fact that um, my loved ones, my close friends, um, people tend to come to me and and um, ask me questions or ask for answers or advice or recommendations, um, even if they just want assurance or peace of mind. Um, they will come to me and with a lot of things um, and I keep those things in confidence and I'm happy to kind of help as much as I can. It makes me feel useful. It makes me feel like I can do something at least productive um, in this day and age. Um, but there are also times where it is a little bit of a curse. Um, people tend to dump a lot of uh, on you and I don't think that it's um, done in a malicious way at all, but um, I don't even think people realize how taxing emotionally that can be. For my advice, like, can trim down to life or death in the very beginning of this pandemic. Um, to not definitively have those answers, it makes me feel a little helpless. It puts me in a position as a nurse where I feel a little incompetent. How are you coping with everything that's going on? Because I have about two family members who are nurses and I have a few friends, very few, not many, but I have a few friends. So connected to it and they tell me they're on the the verge of collapse you know they're working um a shift they're working their right. shift and a shift for another nurse as well yeah i mean look there's uh you can't leave your post it's it's a part of being a nurse it's ethics it's something that you wear to when you um become a nurse and are recognized by the state board and the national board that you don't leave until that next nurse is there. You can't just leave a shift. Um, and so, yeah, I know many people who are working two days in shifts. Um, it's pays good. You know, you want it any, anywhere you go right now, there's a $5,000 pay uh, sign on bonus for a nurse, but it's because they can't keep nurses because people are just run dry. Um, I, you know, and I've told you this in our previous podcast, um, that I worked literally up until I had my son on the front lines in the hospital, um, all the way pregnant. There was not a vaccine out. And uh, at this point in time, they were still doing research. And it was to the point where it didn't matter that I was high risk. It didn't matter that I was eight months pregnant. It didn't matter that any of that I was an essential worker and on the front lines. Your shift starts at eight. Can you be here at seven? Can you Can you work tomorrow? There was just no... It wasn't even a factor. It's like it. It's like everybody just kind of overlooked the fact that I was carrying a child. Um, it, you know, um, was mentally exhausting, physically exhausting. But I think out of everything, it's extremely emotionally draining. Um, it is, you know, we we get the brunt of everything when doctors and physicians are upset, or when things are chaotic, or when patients are angry, or when patients are sick and scared. We kind of we're the one that it gets dumped on and you come home and you truly don't have anything left for your family. Um, it is, it takes everything you have. And it's unfortunate, you know, to be quite honest, my husband and I have had some very rough times um, due to that, um, not only while I was pregnant, but even before the pandemic hit, just being a cardiac nurse. And there would be days I would come home and just, please don't need anything from me. Please don't ask me for anything. I don't have it to give you. And it is, um, again, blessing and a curse. It's a very fulfilling job when you can make a difference, um, even in a small way. Um, but we give it everything we have. You know, there's no halfway in it. 
Um, but I know a lot of nurses at this point in time who have started drinking. Um, a lot of nurses who are on prescription medications because doctors need them to function. Hey, I'm not sleeping doc, or I can't wake up, or my hands are shaking, or I'm becoming depressed. And um, I know, you know, I'm in my mid thirties and I unfortunately can name a dozen people right now who are dealing with issues um, that have been exacerbated or worsened through COVID. Um, so it is um, very difficult to see. I will tell you that it's so difficult. I have not gone back to nursing since I've had my son. Um, that was a, it's a hard decision for me because before I was a wife, before I was a mother, before I was a pet owner, I have been a nurse. Like the two things that I can relate to and identify with more purely in my life than anything else are being an athlete and being a nurse and everything else kind of has you know been subsequent to those things or be even because of those things i met my husband due to sports i um I just everything kind of has has been a domino effect from one of those two things that are true of, about me um so to not have been actively working as a nurse for these last 13 months has been uh, a little bit of a, um, a wanderlust kind of time for me. Um, I feel like it's been a kind of a refinding of myself without having that to identify myself as. If I'm not a nurse, if this isn't me, which I'll always be a nurse, I'm still a nurse, my licensure is, is up to date and always will be, but if this is not what my day entails and this is not who I am right now, then it kind of has, has forced me to look um, into who I really am right now. Almost a rebirth, almost a refining of the things that I enjoy, the things that I find important, just not 24 seven, seven days a week, living and breathing medicine and nursing. Um, so it's been, a, been, it's been strange not good not bad not um i wouldn't say positive or negative it's been it's been a unique time for me um i feel like it's caused me it's forced me not caused it's forced me to really sit and be still and hear and see and um have to be more present uh i see now that for a long time i i hid hid behind those days or hid behind my career if I didn't want to interact with people or if I didn't um, want to do something after work or if I wanted to be, um, you know, if I if I was having some anxiety that day or, or in a high stress um, time, whether it be due to work or not, that a lot of times I could use that as it was my validation. Um, it was my justification and it was warranted Nobody would have ever, my husband never in a million years would have been like, oh, you're just making a big deal about this day that you lost a patient. And how can you be so withdrawn? Um, everybody understood, but I see now that um, maybe I was leaning on that too much um, instead of forcing myself to deal with stress or deal with anxiety or um, even deal with interaction and real world things um, because I was just totally consumed by my career. So it's um it's been a bit of a uh, rebirth I feel like for me um, since I've had my child. Well, what I will say first and foremost is I really really appreciate everything that you've done as a nurse, and to all the nurses and doctors and frontline workers, especially healthcare workers. Because 
because here where I am in Toronto, Canada, they're going through a difficult time. Um, people on the outside don't understand some of the decisions they've made on a personal level. Some of them are continuing to do their jobs to the best of their ability. Some of them, like you mentioned, are um, unfortunately dependent on things that are just getting through their day. And others have decided, yeah. others have decided to leave for whatever the yeah. reason. Um, it could be okay. maybe they don't agree with the stance of the hospital. It could be that for their own personal reasons. And Absolutely. it's interesting to see, Lucy, how I think when we first spoke, at least for, for me looking on the outside in, like I work in finance. I'm an essential worker, but not to the degree of nurses and doctors. Right. I think when we first spoke, nurses and teachers were probably at or reaching the highest point of respect that they've re that they were ever able to achieve in a long time, especially since I've been born. Right. You're not around the same age. Um, the right. respect that I was hearing, they're calling them heroes, champions, warriors. But it yeah. seems the summer of this year has been a change in the way we view them. Would you say that's I, accurate where you are as well? A hundred percent. So there is a couple things that you've said that have really been um, key points, I think, or things that I would like to kind of um, go back and touch on, if I may. Um, yes, I believe that the, everything kind of came to a cumulative head um, throughout the summer. Um, I think that it's not, I think, I know, let me use some more definitive statements here. Um, I, yes, as a nurse and teachers who quite frankly, have always put in this much effort and work, have had some recognition and appreciation over the last 18 months that, um, that has been, um, well-deserved has been past due has been um, a long time coming. It, I find it highly, it, again, I feel like the theme of our conversation today is gonna be double-edged sword for blessings and curses. Um, because it's, again, uh, did this pandemic finally bring some light to the things that these people like myself um, do? Yes, it did. And bring some appreciation that was well-deserved. Um, yes, it did. Is it unfortunate at the same time that it has taken a global pandemic to uh, to bring a little bit of appreciation to these professions and these people? Yeah. Um, the effort that and the nurses have always been heroes. Teachers have always been heroes. That's what people don't get just because just because the general population and society is now taking note of the things that these people have to go that not have to that these people choose to do and put their heart and soul in and time into day in and day out. Um, that, you know, I, I feel that it's a little disheartening that it has taken something so bad to appreciate people who have done this since they have um, walked into their said profession. Um, this pandemic didn't make me a, a better nurse. It didn't make me work harder. It didn't, I'm not doing anything and wasn't doing anything during this pandemic that I haven't done for the last 10 years for all of my patients. Teachers aren't, aren't all of a sudden heroes. They've been doing this day in and day out for the last who knows how many years. People just are finally appreciating it. And again, double-edged sword. Do they deserve it, this recognition? Yeah. Is it a little bit um, 
from a per personal perspective, um, it was a little bit of shock. I didn't really know how to receive all of it. Everybody you meet, oh, you're a hero. Thank you so much. And hospitals printing our hospital that I worked for printing us signs to put in our yard healthcare worker healthcare hero works here and you see all you drive past a family emergency room you know in your neighborhood and oh healthcare heroes and just because they're dealing with the pandemic but what about all the other things what about all the other times they've worked overnights and all the other times they stayed late with the kid after school or um come home to their husband because and they lost a patient on the table and and are truly heartbroken over it. It's it, that we haven't changed. It's everybody else's views of us that have changed. And it's, it's uh, well received while at the same time being a little bit bittersweet, if that makes sense. My respect grew to be very honest, Absolutely. to be transparent, but I've always had a high level of respect um, because it was always close to my heart. Because I know um, teachers have played such an important role for me because I grew up without my mother or father. So my, my parents were teachers. Um, when it came to people keeping me safe, the doctor and the nurses kept me safe. So they filled a void, an unfortunate void, but they filled a void Absolutely. that was um, needed because my parents weren't necessarily in the picture, right? Like your mother Absolutely. nurtures you, your dad keeps you safe and all these stuff, but I got it from other yep. people. But yep, same. yeah, and I remember you, you shared that as well, but to, it breaks my heart now to see here people are saying you know one nurse she made she was in tears she made this video and she was crying how she just couldn't do her job and yeah. she decided to say that because i'm not mentally well i can't do my job absolutely she decided to step away from it and there's people that were wishing death on her because she made a conscious choice that she wasn't well enough to take care of the patients that were being um, that she was being responsible for. Someone's mother, someone's father, someone's kid, someone's grandparents. And because they made a decision to now finally take care of themselves, it's met yep. with such scorn. And that's what Absolutely. broke my heart. It is heartbreaking. And I, um, you know, we, we talked about how summer really i feel like was a breaking point for a lot of people um i have seen i have i know multiple nurses um in the central texas area whether it be through instagram friends or just people i know from the medical community nurses who have stepped back who are not either because of their own mental health they're not able to their physical health they have become so that they physically have an, an issue that they cannot work that or um if it's, it's truly just they cannot do it anymore and i will tell you that i for myself i don't plan i don't know what the future holds you know people ask me oh are you, when are you going back to nursing it's a question i get all the time when are you going to go back to work um at the hospital i don't know you know i really don't know right now i can't make that decision i don't know to be quite honest in, in the world right now, I don't know what's going to happen next week, let alone, you know, when I plan on going back to the hospital, everything's just so um, indecisive. Um, but I will tell you that the nurses that have either left nursing or have taken a sabbatical like myself, um, it's been one of the hardest, probably hardest decisions I've ever made. 
um, the nurse who had to step away because of her mental health, that was, it, it, people don't understand that was so difficult for her that she truly got to a point where she, it wasn't a choice anymore. She had to step away. And it's like taking, um, it's like taking a, a bird's wings off of them. You know, it's, that's us. That's to take that from us or to, to, to know and have to be honest with yourself about the fact that you are, cannot practice correctly and safely within the realm of your job description because of something going on with you. That is a hard pill to swallow. Um, and I feel for her. I understand it. it. No matter how crazy things have been in my life or anything that I've had going on, I've always been a good nurse. I'm, that has never wavered. Um, relationships, if I'm actively fighting, if I'm losing a fight, if I'm, my grandmother's passing away, no matter what it is, I, that I walk into the hospital, it's, I'm, and I'm a different person. I'm always good at that. It always makes me feel good about myself and believe in myself. And um, if I wasn't able to do that mentally or physically, I would feel debilitated. I would feel like an amputee is how I can explain it. Like somebody took my legs from me. Um, so um, people have to understand that. And I've learned this to be true more so what, what I'm about to say over the last 13 months being a mother. Um, but you truly cannot care for somebody or anybody, uh, multiple people for that matter, um, if you cannot care for yourself and your own well-being. And that is very true. And I commend her on that for having the honesty um, and the um, insight to step away that she's doing that because she cares about her patients. She's doing that because she cares about the quality of her work. She's doing that because she cares about the ethics that she swore to when she became a nurse. And it's easy to not, it's easy to let your performance go down. It's easy in this day and age, look at the labor shortages, look at for her and for nurses like us and like us, mediocre is not an option halfway so-so um, performance is not an option. Do you feel now that you've had these 13 months to be mother of the year, to be wife of the year, right? To be um, all these, well, I shouldn't say all these things, but these two beautiful, because even though I don't have children, even though I don't have marriage to me, I'm not married, sorry, to me, being a parent and a partner is probably two of the most beautiful things that you can ever become in your life. Now that you've yeah. done that or doing, and not that done, but you, now that you are doing that continuously, do you feel that the love and the care that you have for yourself over the last 13 months is different than let's say the last 13 years, 23 years? You know, to be quite honest with you, and this is a, I'm going to be very transparent with this. Um, I think it's important for women to hear. I think it's important for mothers to hear and people who might have been um, going through or are going through similar times is that um, I almost switched one for the other. I almost, it. I almost, I, didn't, I, I did. I mean, there's not an almost. I have to be transparent about this. It's important. Um, I was a nurse literally up until a few hours before I had my son. And since I've had him, that has just been replaced by being a mother. Um, it's the same level of time and dedication and um, devotion. And it is 
easy to get lost in. Um, I think that's a really good way to describe what I would to kind of rephrase what I was saying earlier about nursing and how you can identify with that and use that as your reason to be this or that. It's not so much as a, using it as a reason or validation. It's you can get lost in it. It's something you can be, become very encompassed in and um, consumed in. And it's easy to lose yourself and some of your identity begin and your identity then kind of just becomes that. Um, that's how being a mother has been. Um, I, it's been more reward, rewarding than my career as a nurse, but truly, you know, not, not by head and shoulders. My career was very rewarding as well. Um, but being, um, becoming a mother, I, I don't believe that I, I can, could, even without a pandemic, I don't believe that I could do all of it. I, I do not believe as, 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 um, as great of a nurse as I am and with the experience I have and uh, as good as I am at that profession, I don't believe I could be a great nurse and a great mother and a great wife. I don't think that there's enough of, I don't, I know that there is not enough of me to, to distribute, to do all those things. Um, and it's, I believe it's why you see a lot, a lot of nurses who aren't married, a lot of nurses who don't have kids, a lot of nurses who, um, they, that's it. They, they're married to their career. And, um, I, I didn't really, you know, plan on not going back to work after I had Asher. That was never in the plan with me and my husband. We were going to take our maternity leave and then fill it out. Pandemic was going on. So we'd see what was going on. Um, and it just kind of stuck. Um, the pandemic continued. My husband's making, makes great money. So um, it was rather than putting Asher in daycare and it just kind of yada yada worked out. But in hindsight, looking at it, it, it had to because I couldn't have done both. I wouldn't have had anything left for Asher and Ryan at the end of the days that I, I, I had um, even prior pandemic, even be way before that. Um, there's no way I, knowing what it, it requires and knowing what being a mother to a newborn and a baby and a toddler crawler and a toddler, knowing now what all that entails there's absolutely no way I would have had that ever. I wouldn't have been a present. I wouldn't have been a present mother. He would have been in daycare all the time and I would not have had the emotional um, ability or wherewithal to um, be a, the mother that I have been. And so again, blessing and a curse, this pandemic has been a blessing and a curse because it's kind of um, given me some opportunities postpartum that have been more acceptable, I would say, more um, acceptable by society and the, the general um, public um, as far as staying home and women don't, you go back to work now, you know, you take your six weeks maternity leave and you're expected to go right back to work. And um, because of the pandemic, it, that people don't question, oh, you've been home with your son, you've been home for 13 months. They, they know why, they understand. It's not even a question, but if pandemic hadn't happened and people would probably be shocked. People would probably have not expected it. I'm sure it would um, have been taken and received much differently than it has been through the pandemic. Um, but but again, that worked in my favor. Um, so again, blessing and curses, double-edged sword. Um, I, I think that everything, you know, you and I've talked about this in our previous podcast that I don't really believe in luck. 
I don't really believe totally in destiny. I don't, I, I believe that it's a combination. I believe that you, there things are laid out for you in a path and there are forks. I truly, I can close my eyes and, and this is how I vision it. That it's a dirt road and throughout your life, there are forks in this road and the decision you make shapes your life. Paths are laid out for you and situations are, are put in your path for you to cross, but your decisions are what truly takes the makes the definitive shape of the path of your life. And um, I believe that this pandemic and being pregnant during it and everything that's happened in the last 18 months is absolutely one of those. Um, and I am sad for it and grateful for it. It's, it's again, bittersweet. I'm sad and grateful for it. I never in a million years would have ever told you that I would have wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. I joked about it. Oh my gosh, I'm going to, I would kill myself. I, I, oh God, don't ever, I don't know how women stay at home like this. And golly, I just, I couldn't do it. I mean, literally up until the, I had him <laughs> and I just shouldn't have talked about things. I had no idea what I was talking about. It's one of those things that uh, I didn't know what I was talking about. I didn't know. I, I thought I did. The person, the Lucy at the time who was thinking about being with her child 24 seven day in and day out and breastfeeding to a year and breastfeeding at all. Um, being a stay at home wife and mother as independent and ev just everything about me, that is just the antithesis of anything that I ever would have wanted or that uh, just ever, that was my nightmare. And it has just taken a 180. It's the total opposite. I've, like I said, I've learned so much about myself through this and that is one huge thing is that, wow, I sure didn't know what I was talking about. And um, it has been difficult on, you know, having a baby is, again, to be transparent, extremely difficult on the marriage. Um, it's, it's so much harder having a newborn and firstborn. And it's it, the last 13 months, I would say the first six of it primarily were harder than anything I ever imagined. Um, again, I know that this is a little bit of a, um, there are some variables here that um, aren't, you know, usually the case as far as pandemic, quarantine, having to be worried about taking my baby in public, having to be worried about myself going in public and exposing him, um, just, just all of that. Um, so again, I'm sure that there are some variables that need to be taken into account, but uh, I, it is one of the hardest things I've ever, I, I, and I had no idea because like you, I don't have any parents. And so it's not like I had a mom to be, Hey, this is what you should expect. But with that being said, and I found this to be the general consensus with some of the mom forums that I follow is that people don't know it's this hard because people didn't, don't talk about it because it's so hard. People want to talk about the great things, right? Oh, when he rolls over the first time you hear him laugh or, or they'll joke about, Oh, get your sleep now because after baby sleep, or sleep when baby sleeps. And it's just kind of, but now knowing the things that I know and having gone through the last 13 months, I believe people don't talk about it because it's so hard. I think women are ashamed to talk about how hard it is. Breastfeeding, um, sex, sexual desire and availability, um, identity, just sleep deprivation. It is, um, there were moments where I didn't know that I felt like I was going to break, like I was going to die. Like literally I was so tired. I thought I would die. 
I can remember um, my husband and I being in a point where, God, we felt so far apart. I just, everything, it just, I, I didn't even recognize our lives or who we were anymore. Everything changed, everything about us. Um, and, you know, this is uh, actually a really good story to tell you, kind of demonstrate. So, um, I think Asher was about five or six weeks, weeks old. And so we, he was hitting, finally hitting a point where he would sleep for more than two hours at a time. Um, so we're getting, starting to get three or four hours at a time, which was, oh my God, it was just right before I thought I was going to die from sleep deprivation. He started sleeping a little longer and a little longer. And I guess that's how it works, but, um, it was right around that time. And so, um, my husband came home from work again, working very long days as a marketing director in a healthcare facility in a pandemic. Um, and I, I would get so lonely. I'd be here all day, all day with Asher. I wouldn't talk to another adult. Um, again, everything was still in quarantine and things were still crazy. Um, I wouldn't have talked to another adult. I literally didn't interact with another human for 20 hours at a time. Um, my husband would come home, um, from a late day, It'd be seven o'clock, seven thirty, And I would be so excited to see him. Like I, it was, I was so just missed him. I missed my life. I missed people while at the same time being in love with this little human that had just, um, but he came home and I put Asher down. Asher went down really easy that night and, um, was in the conversation with Ryan about, okay, yeah, you know, I think things are going to start getting back to normal soon. And, you know, he's gone down easier tonight. I think we're on a good schedule, blah, 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 blah. And, he kind of looked at me and it, for the first time, it was a, it was an epiphanal moment for me. He said, Lucy, this is normal. Like you keep talking about things going back to normal or things are getting back to normal or we're getting back. That's not us anymore. Like this is normal. This is the new normal. Like you have to stop waiting for things to go back to how they were. That's gone. And that, that our lives that way, that that part of our lives is gone and it hit me so hard and i had a couple days truly where i felt like i was mourning where i felt like i was really uh finally realized and coming to terms with that old us was dead it was gone and this was our new lives and things were never going to go back to that way and i felt sad like i wish i would have told her goodbye or i wish i would have um, we could have taken one more time to just hang out and do nothing all day and or go wherever we want and not have to worry about a nap schedule or this schedule or is it time to feed him or just taking a nap whenever we wanted to. But I never I didn't realize that. And, um, you know, like I said, I went through a couple of days where I felt like I was mourning our past lives. And then after that, I kind of truly like the stages of grief, accepted, mourned, accepted and tried to start moving on with my life. But that was a pivotal moment for me where I stopped comparing and waiting to get back to the, the past and started really embracing this is our life now. And I don't know why for some reason I didn't, and I'm sure this is common. I believe it's common with a lot of women. Again, they just don't talk about it. That You don't realize that that, that part of your lives is going away. You I think that's big because it's it appears Many people don't understand that if you were to have a child, let's put a date to it, right? Let's say you had a child in 2020. 
the way you were in 2019 is not going to be the way you are 2021 and onward because you've added a human being that is totally dependent on you for a number of years. And I think sometimes what happens, because I still think it's a minority, but I think sometimes what happens is you see some people will say that, well, I'm the same person just because I have a kid, I'm going to do the same thing. So what you see is that, especially if they're wild, right? Well, you see that if they're partying before the child, they're going to party while the child is one month old, six months old, one year, because they'll find someone they don't to, for the child. To, they don't ever change, right? They don't understand that. I went from an individual to now I'm a duo. There's two of us. I'm a different person than I'm a different person today married than I was when I wasn't married. You had a child. I'm a different person with a child as a mother, father, husband, wife than I was when I was I wasn't a parent. But these are level it's levels to it, right? Like you're taking steps. You're yep. single, you're this way. You're married, you're this way. You're a parent, yep. you're this way. And I think and I've seen it with my own eyes and I know you and I from when we first spoke um we came from similar neighborhoods growing up i look back on those yes, people who have who have children they're exactly the same you know yeah, the, the behaviors child, the attitude that, that, everything yep that's not even a that's not an it's not a life-altering experience for them and it is a hundred percent um i it causes me to thinking about that what you just kind of brought up um is something that i think about often uh i lay in bed and think about and just um it's the difference between our parents and and me um of course you know some people have children and it's not even a hiccup for them they are not even gonna let it be a speed bump um and then there's the antithesis of that which i believe i feel like has been very much how it's affected me where it totally changes my entire life and i know that there is probably a healthy middle ground which is great and i think that you know you always want to balance Every, nothing should be black and white you need to have a great area too um i i find myself if white is the, the the part of the scale for people who have kids and it's nothing it does not change their life at all um and black is somebody who it's totally changed everything in their life i believe i'm closer to the dark than the light um i it's it's not only affected um me as a duo um but it affects my me as everything i'm a, a different wife now um i'm a different athlete now i'm a different nurse now i'm a different person now i my eyes are different my the world is different to me and it is quite remarkable how this person has had that effect on me everything things that i never thought twice about before I'm now brewing over or they're now crucial decisions. Um, yes, yes, on a, on a small scale, can I get up and go work out for three hours anytime I want to? Can I, um, you know, all of the basic things? No, I can't. And I think that's, you know, what people think of right off the top of having a child or a toddler. But I'm a different wife. My husband is, again, it's what's hard on marriage. We are We've gotten through it and I believe we've gotten through the worst of it, um, like I said, after about that six, eight month mark. But 
there was a point in time where I was concerned about us. I, my husband, who is, has been used to for the last seven years, me being, he's my focus and it's us and that attention that he can get and time that he can get and time we can spend together that we're used to going out and playing sports together and things for him as well. It didn't change him so much physically, but he also wasn't expecting, not only is he a dad now, but now my wife is, my marriage is totally different. I I don't have that to give him, you know, where it was he and I, and so we could give each other everything we had. I am not, I can't do that. And I don't want to do that. And he understands that. And I don't think that it is an abnormal thing or it's a, a bad thing or a, um, a negative thing, but there was a learning curve for him too. There was a time period where he had to adjust to taking a back seat to a lot of things, um, had to adjust to having far less time together. Um, again, attention, um, time, emotion, um, stress, sex, uh, physicality, just things were uprooted for him as well um, because it changed me so much. Um, I, it, it just, it, it's not only changes my life, it changes who I am in all of my rules as well. And those things, again, the, it, how hard it has been on our marriage. I, it, it's something that now that I've looked into or when I was reading about, you know, trying to find, reach out and find resources or find, you know, relatable things and things that I could read or kind of help us get through it. Um, I find, have found that there, it is far more common than I even knew I that I would even, exp- I didn't even know this was a thing. I didn't even know, like, I'm thinking, do we have the crib? I know we're going to be sleep deprived. Breastfeeding is going to be a learning curve. Okay. And, but I had no idea. Both of us were so oblivious to the fact that this was even going to be a thing that it, um, it was shocking and, and surprising and very difficult. Um, so like I said, we've gotten through it. It's just, it's one of those things where we're still not the same. You know, we had a conversation yesterday about it and there's, Hey, I miss, I miss my friend. I, we love each other and we're here for each other and we understand, but at the same time, we can also sit and kind of commensurate and God, I, I miss being able to do this. I remember when we used to do that and, um, it is again, very bittersweet. Um, Asher is the light of my life. I can't believe I love something as much as I love him. I, the, the same way that I'm saying that I, um, wasn't expecting the hard, I wasn't expecting the hard to be as hard as it was and as taxing and just, um, everything. It takes everything you have to be as a parent. Um, I, I was not prepared for that. I wasn't prepared or expecting the hard to be as hard. I wasn't expecting the love to be as, as what it is. It is um, moving. It is inspiring. It makes me, I care about this person more than I could ever care about myself. Um, I, the world is a different world to me. I see things through different eyes and um, it changes just your attitude and perspective that you on things. And I care about things that I never thought I would. And while at the same time, things I thought were life or death or imperative, I, I know now are trivial and mean nothing. Does that scare Very you much. that you're able to have a love that is, I don't want to say greater than the love you have for yourself, but a love that is bigger than you? 
bigger than probably this world. Absolutely. It is, um, it is overwhelming. It is, it is, it's overwhelming. There are times where it is so overwhelmingly strong and just present that it is uh, hard, hard to hold. Um, it, it is, it's hard to, hard to hold with you. It also, um, you know, to bring up kind of our, our first podcast and what we've talked about there, it has made me think about my parents a little bit. Um, I didn't, I was for the last 20 years, 15, 20 years, I said, not my parents, I don't think about, I kind of got over that as a kid and was better off without them and knew that. Um, and never had a reason to think about them, but having Asher has made me, you know, has brought up some things that I haven't thought about for decades. And um, it really now has come full circle for me to, for me to understand that they were, I was better off without them because for them to be able to walk away and not care, I could never. And um, that's not a parent. And that's somebody who, and shouldn't, it just, it, it makes me think about how I just can't fathom it. I cannot wrap my head around them and the choices they made and the things that they did with a child. I just cannot even comprehend it at this point. Um, it's, it's, it is a love that I is greater than the love I have for myself. And it can, that can be dangerous. Um, like we were talking about with the nurse who had to walk away, you cannot care for somebody else if you don't care for yourself. And I have been through times like that um, in the first couple months, especially um, where Asher's fed, Asher's fed, Asher's clean. Did he have his naps? Is his schedule on? Does he have everything he needs? Okay, Ryan's home. Is everything done around the house? Is this and that? And at the end of the day, the I want the last thing on the checklist. And there were a lot of times where I didn't get to that. Um, and, you know, I, after some time, um, in trial and error, I have come to realize that that just can't happen. I have to have a voice. I have to vocalize and verbalize when I need help. Um, that was a big issue for me is I am very self-sufficient. And before Asher, I, I mean, I don't, I don't, didn't really need help with anything. Um, and it's, it has always been very difficult for me to ask people for help. Um, to depend on people, even my husband. And he's always been a great provider and a great protector. And has, if anything I've ever asked him for help, he's always been there to help me with a multitude of things throughout um, the course of our relationship. Um, but I, it was incredibly hard to, to ask for help from him sometimes. There were times where I was, like I said, lonely or emotional or tired or didn't feel like myself. And it was difficult for me to say those things to him. Um, you know, I, we, I remember us having a conversation. He's like, do you need to talk to somebody? Do you think it's postpartum? And I told him, no, I don't, but I don't know what, you know, I also didn't think that this was going to be that hard. Um, it's hard to call it when you don't know, when you're in the middle of it, when you've never been there. Thank God I didn't have any kind of postpartum depression. Um, it just truly was exhaustion and just the learning curve of everything of our new lives. But um, those were very, very difficult conversations to have. And I will be quite honest, they usually came as a result of a breaking point. It, I usually, it, a couple times that we've had, we had to have those conversations, it usually was the result of hitting a rock bottom where I 
had a meltdown or was crying or just lost it. And, um, you know, it made me again, really uh, kind of look at myself and see that a pattern of behavior that I have had throughout my life, that it was more prevalent here and more noticeable here, um, you know, with a newborn or with a young baby, but my, you know, issues with asking for help, issues with um, getting to a breaking point before I was um, ready to admit that I needed help or um, that something was wrong. So it was a very vulnerable time for me as well. Um, but I think that I've definitely, I think we've all come out better for it. I think my whole family has come out better for it. And I think that it's made us stronger. And that's what being a family is. It's getting through these hard times together and getting through this tough year and telling each other, it's okay, we're going to get through it. And having this person that you don't know what to do with or don't know what to do and just learning them and learning yourself. And Asher has taught me so much about myself. He's made me such a better person and he's my best friend now. I mean, <laughs> we, uh, we go everywhere together. He's my little buddy, but um, I never in a million years, I, I had no idea what I was getting into. I think, um, and this is not, me justifying what you went through or what I went through in our childhood or for many other people because it happened so often. Um, that feeling of overwhelm. Mm -hmm. I can see you like you take if you take that feeling of feeling overwhelmed, like that emotion, there's a lot of people when they feel overwhelmed, what do they do? They run. So that could be a reason yep. why so many people when they become parents and they realize that I can't even take care of myself, but now I'm going to be responsible for another person. Yeah. They either do it poorly or they just don't want to do it at all, which happened to you and I, and this is not to justify their behavior, but it could be a possible reason why they do it. And another thing that you mentioned is I think more parents, especially earlier on, need to feel vulnerable because once you're vulnerable, it's going to allow you to speak about it. Once you speak about it, you can share some of the things that you went through, as you mentioned, you can share that there was a strain on my interaction with other adults because I wasn't around adults. There was a strain on my relationship with this person, with that person. I think if we can begin to feel vulnerable enough to say, I need help. I need to work through this because people have been giving birth for centuries, yeah. but yet we haven't been talking about it for even a fraction of that. Sure, there's books. You can go to your local library, pull down a book and read about right. it. But wouldn't you rather call up someone who has an 18-year-old who says, hey, um, Lucy here, I, I'm a new mother. You've been doing this for 18 years. Is there anything that you can show me that you went through? Right. Wouldn't it be ideal to say, you speak to Mary and Mary tells you, I wish I knew this when my yep. child was one years. I wish I knew this when my child was two years old. Absolutely. And I mentioned that just so we can segue into what advice would you want to give someone that one you wish you knew or to give a new parent that is either becoming one or wants to become one? So great question. Um, uh, before I forget, I want to go back to the first thing that you said. Um, I've never thought about it that way, about that with our parents. This is a epiphanal moment for me. I want you to know right now, it's like an aha moment that, uh, I, I guess I thought that I've always looked at it or 
you know, in the recent past when I thought about it. Um, wow, you either are like me and you just develop this insane love and, and all these feelings for this person or you're broken and you don't have that. And so it doesn't change you. I've never for a split second thought you develop that insane love, but you know have that but you can't do it. You can't fulfill that job duty. And so you detach completely. Um, I've never thought about it that way. And I think that that is, uh, like you said, not a justification, but that uh, definitely a point of view that I need to explore. Um, yeah, that's a, you know, that's a really eye-opening thing to think about. I don't, I don't condone what they did, but I also, um, have never looked at it like that. And I really appreciate you bringing that up. Um, really giving me that perspective that really gives me a different view on it. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Welcome. Um, that's why these conversations are so great. <laughs> um, <laughs> Absolutely. So wow. Yeah. I'm having a little, a bit of an emotional moment about that, but yeah, that's a something I've never really even wrapped my head around. So, um, I, it came down to it. So, what advice I would have, you know, also, uh, yeah, women have been doing this for hundreds, thousands of years. And yes, you can go pick up and I have books. I have six books right here. I can pull off the shelf. Uh, what to expect, what to expect in the second year, breastfeeding 101 and just all of these things. Um, and the books are great, but it's like somebody's Instagram story, right? It's the highlights. And this is a perfect world and you can get caught up in that. That can be a hindrance because you, and I will, this is I'm from I statement, I, so I know other mothers have read these books and expect it to be like this. Oh, this is what the book says. So this is what I should expect. This is how it's going to be in step by step by step. And for me, very methodical, very type A. Okay, cool. I can follow instructions and tell that's not real life. And none of those books tell you that, you know, um, all of them are, everything's just a perfect world. It's rainbows and unicorns and it's not they're not realistic. They're not depicted realistically. They don't tell you about the real things that you're going through um, or how difficult it is to do the things that they're recommending that you do. Um, so again, blessing and a curse, double-edged sword. They're, it's great to look for resources and knowledge and use that as a starting point or as a reference, but you cannot get uh, caught up in the um, mindset of trying to be and do exactly what they say because that in and of itself, that in and of itself will break you, makes you feel like a failure. Then you start worrying, then wondering why. So I, you know, I think that's something that needs to be touched on. Um, and to your question, so if I could tell somebody, if I had Asher for 18 years or even now, somebody I knew was pregnant, I would tell them to just embrace the change. I would, I would tell them, and, and we talked about this a little while earlier, that your old life is gone, you know, and it's a harsh way to put it. It is a harsh way to put it, but you cannot, you cannot go into this parenting thing waiting for things to be normal. You cannot go into this parenting thing using the past as a reference point. Everything's different. Like time starts over. <laughs> like <laughs> it is a rebirth it's not only a rebirth it's not only you having a baby you are going to be reborn the things you thought you cared about or wanted or needed are going to change you cannot be so stuck in a in a one set mind one track mind you can't be so 
blinded um, with these horse blinders on that you only see the past and use that as a reference point. That is, it, that is not an adequate reference or comparison to your life now. And the sooner that you can stop comparing this after child to anything that was before, the sooner that you can kind of settle into your new life. But um, the past is gone. Your life is not that way anymore. You are not that way anymore. And um, you just have to understand that, yeah, time starts over. Um, things are going to be hard. Things are going to be harder than you think they're going to be. They are. Um, but women have done it for hundreds of years and they'll continue to do it and you can do it too. Um, it's, it's not something that is, um, unattainable. It's not something that, that you can't do. You are going to be succeeding when you feel like you're failing. When you feel like you're failing, you're going to feel like you are doing everything wrong, but you're still going to be succeeding because you're trying and because you care and because you get up every day and you give it what you have. And um, it's not gonna feel like it. It's not gonna feel like you're doing it. <laughs> um, but one day it's gonna be easier. And then a couple months later, you'll look back and it's gonna be easier than it was then. And the days are long, but the months fly by and uh, you, feel like the days are never going to end and and you're never going to have time to yourself and this is just the the you're stuck in this vortex of exhaustion self-doubt and emotion and then one day you're gonna wake up and they're gonna be 13 months old walking around and talking in this person and you're gonna miss it <laughs> um but just enjoy the ride just embrace the, the ride it's a journey it's not a, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon and I'm a power athlete. So <laughs> you give me a, a 5k, a 10k. I got that at sprint mode all day, but when I have to slow down and pace myself and slow and steady, that's a different kind of sport for me. And motherhood is slow and steady. It's bit by bit. It's day in, day out of the grind for very, very little reward, but you'll get there. You're going to get there and you're going to get there together and you're going to build a relationship with a child that you never knew even could be possible because you've been through the hard things and because you've been through the good things and it's the hard that makes it great.